Hey, welcome to Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Look, this is a conversation today. It's very, very important, especially about the future of our country. In the earlier segments, some of the audio is is not great, but just stick with it because we do fix it, and the rest of the podcast uh, you'll be able to hear clearly. So enjoy today's edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. And what you're going to find with this unique podcast uh, every week is there, there's going to be times when somebody may have already been on the big show. Uh, and as we're talking to them, we're like, you know what? We need to get you on Rick and Bubba University so we can sit around and just have a long-form conversation, which the podcast uh, offers. And, and we're doing that today. Greg Phillips is, is going to be with us again, former head of the Mississippi Department of Human Services, of course, the open uh, database of the corporate world organization. His part in the documentary 2000 Mules uh, with Dinesh D'Souza. Uh, he, he's just started, which we'll ask him about a new podcast we'll talk about, at Greg Phillips uh, on Truth Social. Uh, and, uh, and he's joining us today for kind of an update uh, from some things that we talked about, but also some – we really want to look forward. Uh, you know, we've looked back. And that's important, you know, with the documentary and all that. But really today with Greg, we may get an update on that. But but we're really talking about looking forward now. W- what do we do now uh, in, with the state of our country? Uh, so Greg Phillips joins us. He just recovered from uh, from the latest variant of COVID. Uh, Greg, how are you feeling? Man, I feel so much better today than I did uh, uh, even yesterday. So I um, uh, appreciate you all indulging me being uh, still thousand miles away and, and being able to be on your show but i appreciate y'all so much well we're just glad to have you we're glad you're doing well uh can you share with us i mean because this is a hot topic of course sure what have you done as far as your treatment man i i ivermectin zinc vitamin c and and uh um and i i would love to say that i also rested and i slept and all of that but but we really didn't just kept on working and tried to make our way through it and you know took a nap here and there but um, but man, this, this ivermectin thing is legit guys. I mean, I, I, I know that, um, um, I talked to Dr. McCullough last night and we, we got talking about this sort of the whole virus thing in general and, and, you know, he, and I, I don't want to put any words in, in you know, somebody as, as significant as he is in, in his mouth, but, but this was an op that was run on us and, and the very idea that they kept something so, um, important to the to the life of, or to people's lives is outrageous, and you still can't. It's still hard to get, right? I mean, you can, you can get it, but it's still hard to get. Yeah, and so you, I assume, have you had any of the vaccines or boosters or anything like that? No, I'm not a not a vaccine guy. Yeah, well, that, I just wanted to get that on the record, and uh, and really, <laughs> it sounds like what you did, which I was telling Bubba, and we've talked about on the show. From what I'm seeing right now, with the overwhelming majority of people that uh, that I know, uh, they are you know they're they're sick. They don't feel good. They treat the symptoms, and then you know five days or so, uh, they go back to work and they go back to their life. And that's kind of the way we used to handle you know the flu and other viruses. You got sick, you stayed home, and you felt better. You came back, and and it, it sounds like you just treated it as you would have treated any virus that you've had throughout your life. Yeah. And, and that's what I did. And, and, uh, 
Um, my, my oldest son has it. Um, and, uh, he's kind of going through the same thing. His symptoms have lingered a little bit, but it's like some people one way, another, you know, some people might get knocked out a little bit by it, but, but, um, you know, the, the chaos of intubating people and, 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 you know, providing, um, medicines that are known to kill, uh, it's, it's just outrageous to think that this country somehow fell into that, but, but you know what? In our view of it is everything's an information operation, info op, and and um, you know, and this was just part of it. And and now I understand they're they're trying to make monkeypox a thing. So I guess as long as you you know don't hang around with monkeys or do some of the things that these people are doing that are getting it, I guess we'll all be okay. But you're never going to know that, right? They're probably going to try to lock us down, put masks on, gloves on, and hazmat suits on, and everything else. It's just it's outrageous. Well, Greg, uh, l- let me ask you this. Uh, you were, and your technology and your research was kind of uh, the center point of the movie 2000 Mules. Um, now that that has been out, a lot of people have seen it. Uh, tell us a little bit about the feedback you've got or, or maybe criticism uh, or accolades, good, bad. How is it being received in the public? Broadly speaking, I mean, I've never in my life had an opportunity to um, be able to share with people in the way that Mules has opened up. Um, We've been invited into churches. We've been, um, uh, uh, we've been, we've done hundreds of events all over the country. Uh, We've spoken in front of thousands and thousands of people, more than 25 million people have seen the movie around the world. Uh, They're translating it now into Italian, um, uh, folks in Italy, we're talking to them today. They're translated into into Spanish in Spain. Uh, it's been previewed in the EU in Brussels. And you think about this and you contemplate what is this? What, what's actually happening here? And and while many people sort of associate us and and mules with with a little bit of a, a sort of a, a, a reawakening, um, I don't think it's that. I, I think that mules was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. I think that people are sick and tired of, you know, two years of lockdowns and vaccines and can't fly in airplanes, can't fly, but you can't talk. And I mean, the, you, you, you simply can't take freedom from people and expect them not to react. And, um, and I think that this operation was really designed to silence freedom. Um, and as we, have gone out and, and had this opportunity to meet with people and talk with people. Yeah. There's a few people online that bang us about it. Of course, the, the mainstream media, you know, in spite of their own articles, otherwise um, continue to say, Oh, this doesn't work. The tech doesn't work and this and that and the other, but behind the scenes, we're talking to, you know, CIA officers, we're talking to, you know, uh, DIA people and, and DOD people and, and uh, Homeland Security folks who use this every day on the border to track people. Um, I was meeting with some prosecutors out in California who literally started the meeting off by laughing about an article that WAPO had just written. This guy named Philip Bump has written about us 14 times. And, and the lies that he continues to tell, now he's reporting on his own lies um, and you, you think about those things, but then you go out and you meet people. I was in Gunnersville the other day at one of my grandson's baseball tournaments. And um, people were coming up and just talking to me. Hey, are you Greg Phillips? Or, you know, can you tell us about this? I had this story. 
and more and more and more people are coming out. 25 million people. Rasmussen says that of the of the people that have seen it, 80% of them say that they believe it. Another 12% say that they're still not sure. But only a handful of people actually say, ah, that's that's nonsense. Um, let's just significant numbers. You know, percent of them don't agree on anything anymore. And um, the very idea that 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 something that we were involved in is helping move that needle is 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 you know, it's humbling in so many ways, but it's really brought about, um, um, I've had the personal opportunity to be involved with um, um, a lot more faith-based groups. I mean, we're doing Bible studies now, we're doing all sorts of things. People are praying for us, us for them. And and there's really a, a, a true reawakening amongst the people closest to, or that maybe that feel most strongly about the movie. Um, so, so I think it's more about God's freedom and, 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 um, the, the theft of that freedom, um, than it is about the movie, but, you know, I guess maybe someday, someday time will tell, but, uh, I'm just, uh, I'm thrilled to be here. Catherine and I have, had, Catherine Engelbrecht from True the Boat and I have had, uh, an amazing experience. Uh, we've met, you know, thousands and thousands of people. We've been to conferences, we've been to churches, we've. We've done things. Uh, it's brought me back together with friends uh, that I haven't seen since I was in in high school. I went down to Montgomery to a, I grew up in Montgomery and, and went down to a church and uh, where near where I grew up. It happened to be on a piece of land that I used to dove hunt on when I was a kid, hmm. and um, uh, it was just it, it. And I saw friends that I haven't seen like something years. And I was able to share sort of my my faith journey with them that really. Well, it does certainly intersect with mules, um, you know, having that opportunity and being given and blessed with that opportunity is uh, for me, no matter what happens now with mules, we feel like we won that argument. Uh, but no matter what happens now, um, I personally have been blessed with with um, um, not just with the prayers of so many, uh, but with an opportunity to witness to to hundreds, if not thousands of others of, of, about my journey and and um, and, uh, you know, all, all of our journeys to, to where we ultimately head. And, and uh, it's, it's exciting guys. I mean, I guess it chills actually when I talk about it. So really what you're talking about is no matter how anyone sees the actual documentary and, and it's been out there for a while, you see it's bringing people together to have conversations and to get organized because I know the question that is on all, all of our minds is when we, when we see what was allowed to happen in the last election, we go, okay, we see it. How do we keep that from happening again? Uh, and, and you can, you can see as we move to these midterm elections and then in, in, in 2024 to the next presidential, uh, elections, you, you see the, there's some of these attempts, you, you just feel it. There's, there's, there's different things and narratives that are going on. They're trying to find a way to say everybody should be allowed to just mail in their vote again because of the danger of monkeypox or, you know, the, 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 here we are, this, this COVID thing's never going away and it's, it's dangerous and it's deadly. What, what can we really do, especially with the, you know, the, the rights that the States have on handling their elections? What can we really do as Americans who say, we do not want this to happen again and we don't want the environment to be set up that would enable it to happen. What can you do? 
Well, there's some short and long-term answers. Uh, Part of the short-term answer is to get eyes on these drop boxes. I mean, the fact of the matter is um, legislators all over the country, Republicans and Democrats alike, um, politicians failed to lead. Um, They failed to correct the problems of the past. And so we're moving into an election cycle now with the same basic infrastructure and the same basic process-based problems that we had then are still in place and in some cases are even enhanced. So this year, what we're doing, um, and it's, it's, a, it's a very hands-on effort, but we're, we've, we're building out our fusion center, which is our sort of data collection point to allow for citizens to give inputs. We're gonna be working surfacing data. Um, We're teaming up with sheriffs all over the country. We're gonna be giving them grants to um, put um, high-end surveillance equipment on these drop boxes. Um, uh, We're gonna be applying some very, very sophisticated uh, AI technology that uh, really will allow us to view those videos and review them in real time. But the most exciting thing of all is We've got uh, agreements with two separate sheriff's organizations. Catherine put this together with um, Mark Lamb and, and uh, uh, Richard, two separate sheriff's associations in a project in, in something called protectamerica.vote. And what that really is, they're going to be out training people. They're going to be out um, uh, doing PSAs around. We're going to be doing ads. And, um, and all the while, we're going to have this new surveillance equipment out there. There are all sorts of citizens groups that are getting eyes on these boxes out there. And those are kind of the short-term things. So those are what we're going to be able to do now. It's going to be a bit of a brute force thing because of that failure to lead. But as we move into 2023 and really think about what do we do going into 2024, that's where I think the game's going to happen. The, the, the games are really patriot games, as we call them, are really going to have to amp up. The people are going to have to pressure their legislators to make changes. There are four easy fundamental things that need to be done. The first thing is they need to clean the voter rolls. Make them be transparent. Everybody needs to see what's going on there. There shouldn't be any hiding behind anything. And there's way too much of that going on right now. So cleaning these dirty voter rolls is number one. Number two, they have to stop this all mail-in balloting or mail-in for people that don't even want it. You know, my preference, our preference would be, you know, vote on one single day, make everybody show up, uh, not disabled people, not super old people, but make people that, that can show up on one day, vote on a piece of paper, and um, and we'll have the answers, you know, by 10 o'clock at night. I mean, it's just not that hard. Right. But but they don't want to do that. So that's number two. The third the, the third thing is eliminate these drop boxes. They have to eliminate the drop boxes. It doesn't matter what you think or what anybody else says. There is ample evidence to suggest that these these privately funded drop boxes were were um, ill placed. Uh, they were. Um, uh, you know, a, a means or a mechanism to allow for a cheat. And they legislators all over the country need to flat out ban them. And then the final piece is, and this is this is something that's going to be hard for Republicans and Democrats alike to swallow, but the people deserve what I'm about to say. They need to take these crimes, and they are crimes. In many states, it's a misdemeanor to stuff ballots. Can you believe that? In Georgia, with all the machinations and all the fighting and all the research and everything that we did and everything that everybody else did it's still a misdemeanor and they don't pursue it he wants to spend time okay they're going to find what why would we disrupt the world but to happen is they need these need to be a felt felonies everywhere with a minimum 10 12 year sentence you do that and it will stop instantly these crackheads and these other people that are stuffing these ballot boxes 
they they're not going they don't want to go to jail for 10 years because because they needed 70 dollars for another hit of crack i mean this is this is complete sanity that we treat this something so important as the sanctity of the vote we all talk about it we pontificate about it legislators are righteous about it they stand up and they pound the all over the country and then they do absolutely we were flat out lied to by the legislature in Arizona. This is a Republican legislature, legislature. It is controlled by Republicans. They have a Republican governor. They did absolutely nothing. They promised they would do it. They had hearings about it. I went out there a couple of times and testified with them. Um, uh, we worked with their attorney general on some stuff. The attorney general's people have some great investigations going on. They're putting people in jail. We've got some good things happening. But that legislature refused to act. And now what we have is another uh, it's a great example of how screwed up this thing really is because they didn't clean the voter rolls number one and so pinal county which is where sheriff lamb's from coincidentally um they messed up their ballots and the thing was we now know that they knew they were messed up they knew they were messed up they didn't include some races in them and and they just said well we got to send them out anyway we're behind the gun let's just send them out so they did and then what they did to fix that, they sent out 63,000 extra ballots. So yeah, so, so they guaranteed that a losing candidate is going to step up and, and blow this thing up. Anyway, it's completely insane, guy. All right, we'll come back. More conversation uh, with Greg Phillips uh, when Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, continues. This is the Rick and Bubba Show. Watch more at blazetv.com slash Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba University, the podcast with Greg Phillips. So, I mean, Bubba, we're talking about what we're going to do going forward. He, he said the four things that, that we, we've got to do uh, to protect the vote. we got to clean up uh, the, the the voter list. I mean, we got this thing. We can't have dead people on there. we got to stop them voting. Uh, so that's got to be clean. Ultimately, we'd like to vote in person, and only those that are physically uh, unable to vote Everybody else has to vote in person, uh, and they have to, and then we'd have the results by, by you know that evening. We got to get rid of these drop boxes because the placement of them just opens them up uh, to criminal activity, and we've got to uh, encourage the states and to pressure the states to make these felonies if people tamper with drop boxes. Those are the four things you said we need to do going forward, um, and and so that that's important. But again, that's going to have to happen individually in the states, right? Yeah, I guess each state would have to do that. Greg, um, do you – it seems voter integrity would be across the board important to everybody because, um, you know, if you – if it, some people may not be because their guy won this time. Uh, we saw some of that in the prior election. If you remember 2016, we had a lot of people saying that the Russians were involved because Trump won – um, but I mean, ultimately it seems like all of us would want fair and honest elections because if my side can cheat, the other side can cheat too. And it's just going to be, who's the best cheater. Uh, we all lose as far as a democracy. 80% of Americans or more believe it, believe exactly what you just said. I, I believe if you really come down to it, you know, if you, if you pulled you know, voters, it would be probably 90% or more. People don't want the opportunity or to anyone to be afforded the opportunity to cheat. They just don't want it. It's not who we are. It's not who we are as a country. And I just don't believe that, that these folks, um, that these folks, uh, 
um, really would continue to do it if they thought something bad was going to happen to them. And I, and I think, you know, as people begin to aware, uh, become more and more aware, aware of this, um, and, and there seems to be, uh, uh, you know, as I said, an awakening of people about it, I, I think you're going to start to see them peeling it back, but you know, we've got to, we, we just have to do this. It's not okay for America to allow this to continue. And, and Americans believe that. It's not, this isn't a question. Um, it doesn't matter whether they're white or black or Hispanic or right. whatever. Um, you know, folks don't, folks don't want this stuff to happen. Do you think, uh, I noticed your cat's joining you there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got, you got to love uh, doing uh, Zoom at home. He's a, that's a pretty it. cat, by the way. Y'all meet Rainbow. Everybody meet hey, Rainbow. <laughs> hey, Rainbow. Do, do you think that the people who are trying to discredit the science of what you're doing, and there's there's a lot of them, and some of them notably uh, Republican. Bill Barr was one of them. We talked about that. Will they? Do you think they're they they will totally change and support your science if their person loses the next round? You know, I, I really think that's why we need to get back to a, a place where everybody can agree. I don't know anybody who says that it's a bad idea. To, if somebody moves, they shouldn't be voting in, the, in that same state, right? Um, this isn't that hard. I mean, let, let's stop mailing these, these bogus uh, lists out to everybody and saying, hey, here's a bunch of ballots, everybody go vote. And then let those ballots be subject to uh, being picked up by everybody else. Um, these drop boxes are an absolute travesty. It has to be stopped and make it a crime. I, I'm not sure why anybody would object to any one of those things. It's simple. It's easy. Let's just do it. So, and, you know, the, stop si- complaining about it. The, the one that kind of gets me, and I understand that some people think, well, this is convenient. This is what we need to do to get everybody involved in the process. And, and, you know, we're all for everybody legally being involved in the process. But to me, Greg, and it's really not an electronic mystery here, but this same-day registration uh, to vote and then be able to vote all at one time is just real shady. I mean, I can pull up a bus full of people to a, a place to vote. We all register to vote. We vote, we head back to wherever we came from, and you can do that and sway an election, especially in some of these smaller counties. Um, and I, again, I, I don't know why people don't see that as as an easy way to cheat, why they would want that available. You know, I don't either. And, and I'll, I'll take it a step further and say what I don't really understand is why are these politicians – really focused on, um, on on preventing transparency. You know, a lot of this can be corrected if they'll just open the doors, open the open the, the roles so everybody can see them. Look, if my neighbor moved and and I think he's still on the voter rolls, I should be able to go look at that. There shouldn't be a it shouldn't be some big mystery or anything else. Um, somebody told me fairly recently that that Alabama Secretary of State John Merrill said, well, the reason that they have this, this 40, you get to buy the voter rolls in Alabama, it's $40,000. I can go download Florida for free. I can go download Ohio for free. California is like 20 bucks. I mean, Texas is a couple hundred bucks, but Alabama is $40,000. Why is that? 
it's not okay to prevent transparency. But I heard that John said, told somebody, and I don't even know if this, this can't be true, but, but they seem to believe that it was, that, that John said that, well, people needed to have some buy-in into this. Buy-in? You, wait, you want me to write a $40,000 check to buy in to a broken system? Because, because being a citizen, being a voter is not good enough? This is not okay. And, and I, I think that, I think, again, I think that the mules has caused an awakening of people to these broken processes um, because half of what's happening here is just bad process, right? I mean, they need to fix the process, um, but it's in those broken processes that they've codified an opportunity to, um, to, to, to cheat. And I'll give you another example. So in Texas, in Georgia, back in, 2020 during the runoff we worked with georgia citizens to to challenge 364,000 voters we didn't do dead people we didn't do we didn't do students we didn't do any of that we tried to exclude all of them from the process just people that don't live in the jurisdiction that's all we did 364,000 of them in that runoff 46,000 of those ineligibles voted <laughs> 46,000 of them voted how could that be? And so, and so we sued, or we didn't sue, we challenged. Well, two days later, Stacey Abrams and Mark Elias sued us. We're still in that case two years later, and we're still fighting it out. We've spent a couple million dollars on that case. But what's interesting about it is as it began to unfold, it turned out that one of the voters that sued us, because they had to have some named people to sue us, one of the voters that sued us lived in Alabama. What? But, but we had an incredibly difficult time trying to get to that person's voter records in Alabama. And it, it's outrageous. This is, what they're doing is, is, is a crime, but nobody, everybody's like, yeah, nothing to see here, guys. Let's just, uh, let's just let 45,000 ineligible people vote in Georgia and it'll be okay. And then let's do the same thing in Arizona and Wisconsin and Michigan and Philadelphia but or, or Pennsylvania, it's going to be okay, guys. Don't worry about it. Hundreds and thousands of people, millions of people are not eligible to vote based on where they live. But because these voter rolls are hidden behind all sorts of just um, nonsense, and then they mass mail them, there's all these ballots that are being injected into the system for people that are not eligible to vote in that jurisdiction. Well, what happens to those ballots? Let's say, let's say that I lived in Georgia and I moved and they mass mail a ballot to where I used to live. Now the person that lives where I used to live and me are going to get a ballot there. Well, what happens to that? What happens to that other ballot? Yeah. You know, maybe nothing, maybe something, but this is easy to stop guys. We, it, it's just that there's no will to do it. There's no leadership, Republican, Democrat. It doesn't matter. It's not about that. It's it's about it's about a, a a desperate attempt for money, power, and control. These people are tyrants. They're hypocrites. They're liars, and they just don't want to fix it. Greg, it may be difficult to steal an election, but to me, and we'll we'll cover this when we come back from the break. It seems even harder to prove that somebody did it. Absolutely. With the time frame uh, before certification. And I want to get your comments on that when we come back. We'll be back with more with Greg Phillips when Rick and Bubba University. The podcast continues.
Greg Phillips is our guest on Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. And Bubba, going to the break, you had a question. Yeah, I, Greg, it's, it's, it may be difficult to steal an election, but I think it's even more difficult to prove that it was stolen. Uh, this process, I mean, it's just very hard to get prosecutable evidence that a judge will allow in a courtroom and then actually carry it out. And there's a fairly short amount of time that these elections have to be certified. Um, you don't have a lot of time to gather evidence. There's a case in Alabama. Uh, y'all may remember when uh, Perry Hooper ran for chief justice, the Alabama Supreme Court in 1994. Um, he went to bed thinking he was ahead by 15,000 votes, woke up and it was, it was nearly tied. His lawyers, uh, Bill Pryor, Bert Jordan, and others did one of the most um, um, spectacular jobs of, of executing in a difficult environment that I've ever seen. The first thing they did was they jumped in and they stopped the certification. They sued the Secretary of State and prevented him from certifying it, which proved to be prescient. 11 months later, the United States Supreme Court finally had the case and, and they never would have gotten it had those lawyers not had the forethought, uh, Judge Pryor and, and Burt and others not had the forethought to go and stop that certification. So it's critical. But what the Supreme Court and in, in the United States Supreme Court ruled in the Hooper case was, was pretty simple. There were two key points that they made, and they are relevant today as they, as they were then. The first thing is, whatever the law is on Election Day, not some bogus consent decree, not what you want it to be, not what some candidate was mad that it wasn't, Whatever the law is on election day and whatever it requires, that's what it requires. That's the law. You can't go back and change it. You can't say, well, we wish it said something else and it didn't. But the Supreme Court affirmed that. The second thing that they affirmed is equally prescient today. And, th and that is they said there's no such the left was arguing that there that because the voters had had signed it and they had dated it, that that was substantial compliance. Well, that's a false legal doctrine, among other things. But the Supreme Court affirmed that that there's no such thing in this case as substantial compliance. If it said you have to have two witnesses, it has to you have to have two witnesses on every single one. You may not like that. You may want to change that. You may get to change that in the next legislative session. But you don't get to say, well, they, they signed it and they dated it. So that's good enough. That's not true. And so the United States Supreme Court has ruled in an Alabama case with Judge in Judge Hooper's case that those two key components are are critical. If we just sought to implement those components, no more of these consent decrees, whatever the law is fixed, then we go back and we say, OK, now we're going to fix the law. Right. We're going to make this law stick and we're going to make it work and we're going to make it right. Now we have something we can build from. And because there is there, there, there are already rulings that support this. You may remember in Pennsylvania this year, we had in, in a primary, we had the same problem. Remember, they were trying to figure out were they going to count ballots that didn't have dates on them yeah. or were they not? It's the same thing. But no one brought up that case. One of the reasons no one brings it up, you go and Google search on on um, on Perry Hooper Sr. I don't think that was the name of the case. I think it was Roe v. Alabama, but. Um, um, but you go look for that case and the actual underpinnings of all that case. Um, you can't find it. Google has absolutely stripped this from a normal search string. Now you can dig in and you can eventually find it, 
But the reason no one ever argues this around is because the left and big tech have killed this argument publicly so that you can't you can't really find it. The more people talk about the Judge Hooper's case, the more important the law will become and the more important leaders will become that will move a solid piece of legislation forward that cleans the voter rolls, that stops this mail-in nonsense, that eliminates the possibility of a drop box or an illegal drop location and makes these makes these um, cases um, or makes these uh, uh, situations actual crimes. Then if you can if we can do that, then we absolutely are going to are, are going to move the needle. And again, look, I would advocate for a legislature. Make everybody vote on one day. Make it a holiday. I'm for that. Yeah, I was going to ask you what you thought about that. Should we have a national holiday to vote? Absolutely. Let's do it. Who, who can, is everybody going to vote on the same day? Everybody's going to mark a little piece of paper or mark their ballot with a pen or mark their ballot in such a way they're going to count them. They do this in France. They, they know who, you know, not that I'm an advocate for, it, for who and what France is, but their <laughs> elections are better than ours. Mexico's elections are better than ours. We're a third world election power. We are the worst. We're not the best. We're the worst. How could that be? Well, the reason is, they built, they took bad process. They built that, they built more flawed processes around it. They institutionalized the crime or the fraud. And now nobody wants to do anything about it because they're afraid they'll lose their election. You know, yeah. I, maybe, maybe what we ought to do is we ought to do some sort of ballot initiatives, right? For all of this kind of stuff. Well, let's, let, let's let the people vote on it. Take it out of the hands of the legislators. Greg, yeah. let, let me ask you this. There's people that even want to take it further and vote online for an election. Of course, some people are, are immediately scared of that. But, you know, the argument is made that, you know, we do our financial tr- transactions online now. Many of us pay our bills and do all of our banking online, and it seems pretty secure. Can you secure an election online or is that just taking it to another step down the, down the rabbit hole? I think it is taking it to another step. I think eventually we'll get there. I do think the technology exists, but I don't think that the, you know, can you, can you imagine that debate in the Alabama legislature? I mean, seriously, <laughs> these, these guys, it, it ain't going to happen, but I will say this, there are some other ways we can do this. Like you can create a, a um, sort of a secure hash, kind of a kind of a an encrypted set of numbers, 256 characters long, that really tells you who that person is. It verifies identity. It has all of that. And then maybe maybe we take that hash and build that into a voter a photo voter ID, and and we use that. That would clean a lot of it up because then we would be able to manage and monitor those individual. You know, the, that would help clean up the voter list. So I think there are some ways we can use technology. Um, but, but for the moment with, with all of the crazy and all of the nonsense that's going on out there, I, you know, I own a technology company. Look, I'm for this. I mean, we, we do, we, we're in healthcare fraud detection business. We look at identity, residency, citizenship in real time. We can go out and verify all sorts of things about people and we can find bad guys and, 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 you know, and pass on the good guys. And we can do that in real time. So I'm an advocate for technology. I'm just saying that. These elections are so screwed up right now that we need to do something to fix the underpinnings of them all. But it's going to take leaders and it's going to take people stepping forward and saying, yeah, there really is a problem. 
I'm sick and tired of these candidates. And I think there's one or two in Alabama right now that are saying, there's no, I have nothing to see here, guys. You know, smile and wave, everybody. It's okay. <laughs> let, let them do, you know, let everybody vote. Let them collect all these ballots at churches and let it, you know, let, let's do it this Let's do it the way we've always done it. Let's cheat the way we've always cheated. But we'll be back. To stop. Yeah, we'll be back. We'll continue. We'll wrap up this edition of Rick and Bubba University with Greg Phillips. When Rick and Bubba University, the podcast continues. Greg Phillips is our guest. Um, and, and Greg, one of the things that you, you've been talking about, and it's been the things we're saying are so important. But I know there's a problem, and it's been a problem with everything, and that is trying to get everybody to get on the same page with the major, and let's quit worrying about the minors that we may or may not uh, agree on. You see this happening you know, with the church. Once the domination started, and the Apostle Paul even tried to warn us, look, let's not major on the minors. Let, let's, 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 like you, I heard you use the analogy, we all are on the same north. Um, we want to to not lose our freedoms. We want to be able to trust the election process. Uh, and you were saying you, you become a little frustrated. It's hard to get everybody on the same page because we start chasing things that we may not completely all agree on. And at the end of it, we're missing the main point, and that is trying to uh, to all accomplish the same goal. And then and then you put a bunch of grifters or other people in the middle of it, and you get you get them you know, breaking off different segments of this and sections of that. And some folks believe this, some folks believe that. And we've really just taken to just saying, look, if, if, if Rick, if, if you believe in one thing and Bubba, you believe in another thing and I think something else is happening. Uh, okay. Then go do your thing. But if we're all heading toward that, toward that true North, right. And for me, it's God's freedom for others. It might be something else, but, but, but link shields with people that, that have the same true North. Right. And, and just go and do and don't, you know, if you happen to disagree with them, don't fuss and fight and, and get all mad at each other online and do all this and that and the other. But 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 make those assessments and move forward. And and look, if it if, and I know you all are, but 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 if you all are fighting for God's freedom and you think it's about machines and I think it's about the voter rolls. Those things can coexist. Look, I, man, I'll, I'll link up with you all and we'll go to battle on that. But this this whole division thing is really, really hurting us. And and it, it's painful. I started a new podcast called Patriot Games. Patriot Games, uh, you can find stuff on PatriotGames.com. But we want it to be a little bit different than just a normal podcast where we're where we're talking about things and I bring guests on. We are going to do that initially. Um, uh, I've got Sebastian Gorka coming on this week. Uh, we're talking about the intelligence community. And so we're, we're, the underpinnings are going to be to educate folks. But then what we're going to do is we're actually going to do, we're going to make this sort of reality like we're going to give people tasks, go out and find this, go out and research that, come back and report it to us. We're going to let people listen in to my analyst briefing me on what's going on in, in various and sundry items. We're going to take a look at, um, at uh, you know, some different technologies and how do we use them and how do we blend everybody together. But the purpose of it is not necessarily to to you know, fix elections. It's really to to give people some skill sets um, and let people go do what they want to do with a unified purpose. And with that unified purpose being whatever that particular mission is or whatever that particular op is. And, and I think if we can start unifying in that in that purpose, whether it's God's love or freedom or whatever it is, 
it's it's inside of that unification that we can all live and coexist without um, without this continued you know beating each other about the head and you know this person said this and I'm mad at this and and I'm the worst I mean I, I mean people get me mad I, I'm just, I'm a fighter in the end and and I mean I'll say things you know I'll I'll fire back at them and I'll say ugly things and I sh- that I shouldn't say and then I'll spend the next you know three hours you know asking God for forgiveness but but the reality is. If, if we can't get past this and we can't agree on what that true north is, um, then we failed. But the reality is never before in my lifetime have I ever met more adult males that are coming out and being willing to pray and witness and, 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 and participate in Bible studies and participate in, in, in a faith-based approach to some of these tough issues. I think that kind of the, the, the phrase Christian warrior has, has, you know, sort of left our vernacular in a way, but people are coming back to those concepts now and people are coming back and, and I'm starting to see more and more people willing to stand and pray together and, and be together and, 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 and fight together and, and work together and even laugh together occasionally. Um, but it's really inside of that reawakening that, that I'm most optimistic about everything. So, you know, everything you guys heard from me today are my opinions. Everybody's got their opinions, but I'll tell you what, I mean, one of the things I love most about you guys is I, I, I love that, you know, it's all, there's a constant reminder, you know, they're not constant, but there are reminders about God. There are reminders, you know, you guys do these Bible studies, you do these other things. And, and that's what draws people like me to you. And, and I think if we can, you know, think about the, the, the things that unite us more than the things that, that disunite us, um, the better off we are. My partner, Catherine, always says it this way. She says, you know, we're all a lot more alike than we are different. Mm-hmm. And that's very true in our movement. But we spend an awful lot of time beating each other about the head with, with sticks when, when we don't like something that the other one said, uh, rather than focusing on, on you know, what, what, what the end really is here. And if we can't say if we can't save these elections, we can't save the country. And and it's just true. Well, Greg Phillips, thank you so much for your time today. Again, don't forget to go to PatriotGames.com, the, the Patriot Games podcast with Greg Phillips. I know just on, on what he just said, you'll be intrigued to find out more about that. And thanks to, to Greg and thanks to all of you, as he said, the thing we can agree on, Bubba. I mean, our concept in the beginning was that we believed that freedom was God-given and, and our country would allow the individuals created by God to achieve their maximum potential through God-given maximum liberty. And it just seems odd that we can't all agree on that. Greg, thank you for being with us. We want to have you back again. Always an interesting conversation, and we appreciate all of you watching and listening. Thanks for being with us on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast.